0: Now how in the name of Zeus's butthole did you get out of your cell? Hey watchers, due to the recent passing of the great Sean Connery, this week we thought it was appropriate to honor his memory and cover a movie he starred
1: in. This movie also features two other Hollywood legends, the king of summertime action blockbusters, director Michael Bay, and the master of meltdowns himself, Nicolas Cage.
0: So let's get ready to head to the city by the bay and home of the greatest baseball team in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the San Francisco treat. 1996's The Rock. Welcome to the Midnight Watch Podcast, the show where we discuss classic cult and modern classic movies.
1: We're your hosts, Jeremy and Josh, and we try to review movies that are at least 10 years old and see what kind of impact they made or are still making on culture and the film industry. And fair warning, we're big on spoilers here.
0: We rate these movies in four categories number one, the level of impact and success it had when it was released, number two, how relevant is it today? number three our own personal enjoyment of this movie and number four is it a midnight watch
1: well jeremy i think we should get this show on the road quick here uh what trivia do you have about the rock and everyone's favorite oscar-winning james bond
0: john connery won a did he win an oscar for james bond
1: <laughs> well no <laughs> okay <laughs> he, he is an oscar winner and he played james bond okay I, i'm sorry i Actually, not in that order. I think it was James Bond, and then later he got a uh, Best Supporting Male Actor for uh, the Untouchables.
0: Nice. I knew we should which picked, we should have picked that movie. <laughs> I, I know.
1: I I wanted to do that one too, but it's The Rock. Yeah, know? I know
0: this. When I think of Sean Connery, this is I think one of the first movies I actually saw him in, and this okay. instantly cemented him as like being totally legit. Like, because at the time, sure. at the time when I saw this, uh, I just was like oh my god this is the coolest movie i've ever seen right and, and as far
1: as old man connery goes i mean dude oh, dude this this movie he's he's amazing
0: i i feel like he actually makes Nicolas cage look really bad because sean connery has such like natural charisma and charm right and so when he's just like in his prime right here it's it's legit oh, yeah. okay now back to the uh back to the uh back to that. So, <laughs> The Rock. Direct- <laughs> back to the back. Back to the back. But directed by Michael Bay and written by a bunch of dudes. This uh, score was by Hans Zimmer and Nick Glennie-Smith. I've not heard of that person. Right, let's see here. The budget is 75 million and the box office was 335 million. So this was a definite hit oh, for yeah. sure when it came out. Uh, starring Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris, Vanessa Marcil, David Morse, Michael Bean, William Forsythe, John C McGinley and horror legend Tony Todd. Like I was pretty psyched that Tony Todd was
1: in this. It's stacked. I, I mean know. it's it's hard. I mean, man, we're going to have a hard time discussing everybody in this movie when we're really trying to honor Sean Connery cuz there's it's stacked. A ton I, of people here.
0: Dude, I totally agree. Uh I saw John C. McKinley, and I was like, it's Dr. Cox.
1: I know. (laughs) The whole time um, when He's amazing.
0: Yeah, him and that dude with the freaking, like, top-knot hair, I was just like, there's top-knot and Dr. Cox. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you know, swaggering in there. Dude, there's so many, like, big-pants scenes in this movie where just, like, people are like let me tell you what I think and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, and then I just expected The Rock to pop in and be like, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? (laughs) (laughs) And so- I know. It's just, it's so over the top that this would totally work in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, except for, well, Sean Connery, I think actually is the the one, him and Ed Harris are the the two people that really cement the movie as, oh, this is actually supposed to be sort of serious because Nicolas Cage- is full on nicholas cage in this movie
1: oh yeah no um, doubt
0: i don't have too much trivia about i mean I, wait, we can dive into it uh in just a minute so let's go through
1: that synopsis all right so we've got a uh once again once again as always i don't want to say as always one maybe someday we'll you know not do this but thank you wikipedia A group of rogue U.S. Force Recon Marines led by disenchanted Brigadier General Frank Hummel and his second-in-command, Major Tom Baxter, storm a heavily guarded naval weapons depot and steal a stockpile of deadly VX gas-armed M-55 rockets, losing one of their own men in the process. The next day, Hummel and his men, along with newly recruited Marine captains Fry and Darrow, seize control of Alcatraz Island, taking 81 tourists hostage. Hummel threatens to launch the rockets against San Francisco unless the U.S. government pays him $100 million from a military slush fund, which he will distribute to his men and the families of recon marines who died on clandestine missions under his command, but whose deaths were not compensated. Hey, real
0: quick. When he said $100 million, I all of a sudden thought of <laughs> Dr. Evil. <laughs> $1 million. That's actually not a lot. $100 million. Okay. I'm sorry
1: uh back to the synopsis (laughs) the pentagon and fbi develop a plan to retake the island with a u.s navy seal team led by commander anderson enlisting the fbi's top chemical weapons specialist dr stanley goodspeed fbi director james womack is forced to offer a pardon to federal prisoner john mason in return for information Mason, a 60-year-old Scottish national imprisoned without charges for two decades, is the only Alcatraz inmate ever to escape the island. After being set up in a hotel, Mason escapes, resulting in a car chase with Goodspeed through the streets of San Francisco. While Mason seeks out his estranged daughter, Jade, Goodspeed arrives, but he covers for Mason by telling Jade that Mason is aiding the FBI. Goodspeed mason and the seals infiltrate alcatraz but hummel's men are alerted to their presence and ambush them in a shower room all the seals including anderson are killed leaving only mason and goodspeed alive mason sees his chance to escape custody and disarms goodspeed but is convinced to help defuse the rockets after the marines use explosive devices to flush them out they eliminate several teams of marines and disable 12 of the 15 rockets by removing their guidance chips Hummel threatens to execute a hostage if they do not surrender and return the guidance chips. Instead, Mason destroys the chips and surrenders to Hummel to try and reason with him, as well as by Goodspeed and some time. Though Goodspeed disables another rocket, the Marines capture him. With the incursion team lost, the military initiates their backup plan, an airstrike, by F-A-18s with thermite plasma, which will neutralize the poison gas and kill everyone on the island. Mason and Goodspeed escape after which the former explains why he was held prisoner he was a british sas captain who stole a microfilm containing details of the united states most closely guarded secrets refusing to give it up when captured because he knew he would be killed if he did when the deadline for the transfer for the uh, when the deadline for the transfer of the ransom passes hummel is urged by his men to fire one of the rockets at first he does this but then redirects it to detonate at sea Hummel, confronted by Fry and Darrow, declares the mission is over, explaining that it was all an elaborate bluff, as he never had any intention of harming innocent lives. Hummel orders them to exit Alcatraz with a few hostages and the remaining rocket to cover their retreat while he assumes blame. Fry and Darrow rebel upon realizing they will not be paid their one million apiece, killing Baxter and mortally wounding Hummel, who tells Goodspeed where the last rocket is before dying. Darrow and Fry proceed with the plan to fire on San Francisco. Goodspeed seeks out the rocket while Mason deals with the remaining Marines. As the jets approach, Goodspeed disables the rocket before killing both Darrow and Fry. He signals that the threat is over just as one jet drops a bomb. Though no hostages are injured, Goodspeed is thrown into the sea by the blast and Mason rescues him. Goodspeed and Mason part ways after Mason reveals the location of the microfilm. Goodspeed fakes Mason's death by telling Womack that he was killed in the bomb explosion. Sometime later, Goodspeed and his newly wed wife, Carla, are seen stealing the microfilm from a church and driving away.
0: So Michael Bay actually wanted to do, potentially do a sequel where he had an idea where it was going to be Nicolas Cage and his wife like on the run for the United States government because they had the microfilm and right. they would somehow pull Mason back into it. Um, I don't think the, the idea ever really had a lot of traction, but I actually think that would be kind of a fun, a fun movie just to see these two people again.
1: Right. Yeah, it would have been super cool to bring Sean Connery back, especially if it was kind of a while later.
0: Yeah. That would be a sequel. That would be pretty awesome. So before we dive into uh, the rest of The Rock, uh, let's talk about Sean Connery just for a little bit. I was saddened to hear of his passing, but uh, he's 90 years old. That's a a good run. So that is.
1: Yeah, yeah, we should we should all live, you know, fairly healthy uh, lives until that point, I would say.
0: I would hope so. The thing that I, I always compared him to a, a, as basically kind of a, a level of how good the movie is, like acting-wise. So, like, my thing is but Sean Connery is in some horrible movies, and sure. but he always makes them better because he's in right. the movie. Versus right. a prime example, Nicolas Cage is also in a lot of horrible movies, right. but he doesn't make the movie any better. And so, right.
1: <laughs> there's... <laughs> Unless you're just into this is a horrible movie with Nick Cage. It's amazing. Which it, sometimes that's exactly what you're going well, for. Well, that's what
0: you're going for though, but like the Sean Connery's movies though, like he literally elevates the films that he's in.
1: Yeah. And For sure. Like you said, the movies might be bad, he never is. Right. He's he's pretty much I mean not that I've seen every single one of his movies. I have seen quite a few of them, but he he is amazing. He just I mean it's like to me this movie I'm going to get way ahead of myself, but I got to say it, it, to me, one of the biggest things of why this movie I think kind of holds up is his acting Right, is what makes it legit. And Ed Harris, obviously he's another one that just, he just seems to get better. The older he gets as well.
0: Yeah. I know. I definitely agree with that. Um, like, um, Sean Connery though, he killed it in everything. Like dude, he killed, he killed it in Darby O'Gill and the little people. I mean, <laughs> absolutely my goodness but in all seriousness though that movie actually was the movie that producers are like hey uh, you want to play james bond and then he right. knew that james bond was just gonna blow up and be what it is nowadays right like, that's freaking crazy so i actually had not seen him as james bond until years later of watching other movies with him like i knew he was james bond but it took me forever to get to um dr no from russia with love and all that stuff so yeah. what was the do you know what the first sean connery movie was that you watched
1: uh, that's a good question. I, I sort of feel like it was, um, that movie he did with Richard Gere. Was that first night? Yeah.
0: I think that I, was actually the first movie I saw him in too.
1: And I knew he was James Bond. Like I knew, I knew obviously what James Bond was. I knew, um, who the different bonds were, but, right. and I knew, and I, well, no, I take that back, completely take all that back. I had seen Darby O'Gill and little people as a kid. Right so i guess that's my first time seeing him but i didn't i didn't realize that was sean connery for the longest time because he looks kind of different in that movie than he's so young he's very young that's his real hair too (laughs) (laughs) he's very young he sings he dances right it's uh it's so different than anything else he ever did um i i think that's why it's easy to forget that was him
0: right and even though it is one of the highest rated movies that he's done on rotten tomatoes (laughs) (laughs) so pretty amazing
1: it is but, but uh speaking of amazing uh a few quick facts for uh mr connery so we we were talking about how he won an oscar in 1988 for the untouchables and he won best uh, supporting male actor total fun fact so the the presenter for that category in 1988 was none other than nicholas cage dude yeah
0: what in the name of zeus's buffalo was <laughs> exactly.
1: that exactly And uh, he was definitely firing on all pistons. And then the following year in in 89, Mm -hmm. he won People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive Award for the year. There you go. Which is saying something because he was 59 when he won that. And I think to this day, he's still the oldest uh, recipient of that prestigious award.
0: I think he... I I honestly think, though, he was kind of like... There's some actors that just keep getting better with time and i definitely feel like he was that um as yeah. well and it was great because he could be so serious in different roles and then you see him in indiana jones in the last crusade and he's so funny in that movie
1: right well you, he loved comedy like he was not afraid to you know crack some funnies and right and make a make a fool of himself and that's and the, as crazy as it you know him make a fool of himself it's like that never really worked he was always just so good yeah. Um but yeah, and that's and the other thing too, he was not afraid to embrace the change of, you know, as he got older, there's a lot of other actors from his of his generation you could say and you know, once they hit their 40s, a lot of them just fell off. They just, right. you know, they weren't getting the young uh ro- younger roles anymore and they didn't they never transitioned and he, you know, he made a point to to you know say that there was you know different people in his class that just fell off and he just he had decided is i'm gonna embrace getting older and the roles that go with it and you know arguably he had some of his best roles and i mean he won a freaking oscar yeah so i mean which is, there you there you have it
0: which is pretty interesting too for the when he the way he he died inside the untouchables like the way he was gunned down in that that he hated the squibs so bad that like uh he was like i'm never gonna do squibs ever again after this Mm -hmm. which was pretty crazy because i mean that seems he gets shot like 20 times in that so that probably he said it hurt real bad so he was like sure was like forget that right but anyways jumping back into are we ready to jump into the rock
1: uh and he was knighted in the year 2000 which seems like a i guess he was nominated for that or yeah um a few years earlier but uh being a very proud scotsman he was very outspoken about uh the politics of scotland's freedom and Ah. uh, you know separation from the united kingdom so there was definitely a political bent there were some people that were not happy with his views on that and so they were trying to block his knighthood for a while and apparently that you don't stop sean connery let's put it that way Well,
0: it's kind of, I think it'd be kind of hard to not do that because he was the first James Bond and he was in like, what, seven or eight James Bond movies. So. Right. I mean, for
1: that alone and for what that franchise had done for, you know, England, you know, (laughs) as as an English character in literature and in the movies. I mean, that's huge. So he, he definitely deserved it, but um, yeah, politics can definitely get in the way. Yep. As
0: they often
1: do. All right.
0: Okay, so let's see here. Jumping into The Rock. So, um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so the trio that I got here is kind of scattered and stuff, but it's pretty interesting. This was just a Michael Bay's second movie after Bad Boys. And so, actually, this is Michael Bay's favorite movie that he's ever done, which is pretty awesome. I saw that,
1: yeah. And, also, and Sean, also Sean Connery's favorite movie of the 90s. That he right.
0: Did. So I thought that was pretty cool. It means that they, I think they got along pretty well Uh, To be honest, because from like Sean Connery kind of went to bat for Michael Bay with the producers because Michael Bay was a young director and the producers were giving him a bunch of crap on like, like, for example, did you read about how with the the chase through San Francisco that that's one of the, said that's one of the hardest things he's ever had to do in a movie, like getting getting all the permits and everything like that right so the producers started giving him hell because he was behind in the shoot and sean connery like went with him because he was a producer on the movie too and they just kind of stopped talking when sean connery was there (laughs) because i mean it's 96 sean connery is a legendary actor by this point so if he's like i've got your back then like right yeah it's gonna be fine
1: so right you got that article i sent you right i didn't click that. on it uh yeah oh, what, dude.
0: what did you yeah read it because i so I there
1: was a there was an article specifically talking about that story of where they were over budget um they needed the money to finish the disney executives were we're gonna you know sweat out michael bay on you know we're not giving you any more money but sean connery decides to show up or ask you know michael Bay, hey can i go the to the meeting with you so yeah. he goes in there um and uh quote he says this boy is doing a good job and you're not oh and you're living in your disney effing ivory tower and we need more effing money <laughs> and uh without missing a beat they responded oh okay how much
0: <laughs> yeah no joke i mean the movie made 335 million and so yeah um that's a legit hit especially in the 90s 335 million
1: yeah that's Big a good time. movie that's yeah amazing so yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and apparently he was wearing his his all plaid uh, um, golfing outfit cuz he was a very avid golfer.
0: That doesn't surprise me. I could see that.
1: Yeah. Well, they invented or the Scots invented golf, so I I could see where he would have uh, have been all about it.
0: That's pretty awesome. And also this is Michael Bay's highest um the critical rating. It's uh, got a 66 on Rotten Tomatoes. Most of his movies are rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. I'm not a big fan of Michael Bay's movies, but I will say, though, when I was younger, I enjoyed them. So I definitely understand why they make a ton of money.
1: Yeah. Well, they're the, they're, I don't know, man. I feel like they are, like in the intro, I called them the king of summer blockbuster, you know, action movies. But I just feel like his movies are like kind of the ultimate popcorn movie where it's just. Tons of ag- explosions. I always think explosions when I think Michael Bay. And oh yeah, Michael it's Michael explosions gonna, it's, Bay. <laughs> right, and it's not going to be good. I mean, there's not going to be a lot to the story, or tends to, the acting doesn't tend to be that great. Uh, but you're in for a, a thrill ride. Total, just you know. Well, see, that's where
0: I disagree junk, with junk you. Junk food thrill ride. Dude, I disagree with you. I think that I think that his move most of the time his movies are all explosion, but no impact, and yeah. it's just. <laughs> it's just yeah it doesn't it doesn't hold over don't get me wrong like i really like bad boys too that movie mm-hmm. is just fun it's fun yeah. it's loud but honestly i think that movie's so good because it will smith and martin lawrence have such great charisma in that movie sure. and they're hilarious together and then michael bay i will say though all of his movies look fantastic he's the same right. as uh, as zach what's his face uh justice league dude Oh, Snyder Snyder. Yeah. But their movies are fantastic looking like a hundred percent. And that definitely comes from them being music video directors. And so basically Michael Bay, or I should say Zack Snyder is the Michael Bay of the two thousands, except that's actually kind of a cut down. I think Zack Snyder is a better director than Michael Bay.
1: I would agree. Um, except that Michael Bay obviously had a big long run with all those transformer movies, which I know they're not (laughs) way too long. (laughs) Like after the first movie too long. But yeah. but even that first movie, I mean, is it uh, it's not good, and I I think Shia LaBeouf is is a way better actor than he looked like in that movie. But yeah. among but at the same time, it was just you know he freaking brought Transformers to life, which was amazing. It looked so good. Yeah, but it's just like I was trying to say earlier. It's just it's it's fast food. It's there's really no substance to it. It just you know you're, oh, like i, I mean, have no desire to to go watch transformers again but it's impacted me in my in my mind though
0: you know it's funny um like the the one mo- okay so f- real quick though i don't include so i i like bad boys too bad boys Two is s- such a fun chop sure. action movie 13 hours i actually like thoroughly enjoyed that movie i thought 13 hours was really good and but um I will say though the the one movie that bombed and I actually really I did like it was The Island. That one was had a really cool sci fi premise mm-hmm. and it was just uh,
1: you, I remember you were really into that one.
0: Yeah, soundtrack's great. Uh, it's just it's a it's a good film. I really enjoyed that. Okay, so going back Dude, to
1: the I'm gonna Roth. have to eat, I'm gonna have to eat my words because yeah, I actually really like 13 Hours too. I forgot that was his movie. Well, it's because like
0: <laughs> okay, so I feel like that's the first movie that he did where he was playing it serious because it's not a, yes it's a true story right. and um it's i mean there's ex- like there's he always has fireworks in his explosions and i think there's a couple explosions that have fireworks in there too but he really toned down the big blockbuster thing and yeah. i just i really liked it i thought well, it
1: was it's very appropriate war violence right and i feel it's like very accurate i would not that i've been in war, but it seems accurate to me <laughs> the
0: thing that I, I i will say though is i think michael bay enjoys doing what he does and i appreciate that he does that because the 13 hours to me shows that he has skills to make more serious movies you don't have to make serious sure. movies to be a good director but um, I, I, I think he likes doing it you know he likes obviously like transformers he did 5 of them and so right. um i appreciate that about him doing his doing his thing that's pretty cool as a right. uh, ter- uh, going back to the rock yeah uh, yes nicholas we're, we're talking about the rock we're talking about the rock josh okay yeah, yeah. you want the rock get the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I got the rock now okay anyways um going to nicholas cage is another guy that is on his own he's not on a on a whole nother level he's on a whole other page like sure there's a great thing on youtube uh and it's an awesome essay talking about is nicholas cage a terrible actor or is he a brilliant actor Right. And it's because he does stuff that people don't assume as being good acting, but maybe he's on a different page completely, where it's just it's not what you expect. So in our thought process, we're like, "Oh, that's bad," but right. realistically, maybe it's awesome. I don't know. I've seen him put do some amazing acting, like an adaption when he plays two brothers. Oh, right. Um, he's a, he is. I I will say he is a fantastic actor.
1: Are you definitely? He, he brings totally it. is. But for some reason, and it's and I know it's so easy to forget. He's got some brilliant performances. Yeah. Um, he's an I mean, he's
0: Academy Award winner.
1: I was going to say, he won an Oscar. So, yeah. right. He's he's definitely got some really brilliant um, roles that he's done. But for whatever reason, his craziness, his freak out moments. I mean, there's, you know, all those YouTube videos of oh, like yeah. every freak out moment, you know, and all that. It's, <laughs> yeah, they're, they, for some, it's, unfortunately they outshine, you know, the legitimacy of what, you know, what he's accomplished and what he still can accomplish. I mean, he's. Right. He is legit, but he. Ju- I don't. You know what? He he's probably too kind of one of those guys that just doesn't care. He just he does what he wants to do. He's, he's not trying to impress anyone, you know.
0: I, I think so too. He is too legit to quit, <laughs> and sure. so like hey, hey. hey. Um, but no, I I totally agree. He's just the type of guy where uh, I don't think I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to pass judgment on his personal life, but like he, I really feel like yeah, he just does what he wants to do, and that's that's cool. Like absolutely, yeah. and. So I I just find that to be awesome. He's in some some pretty fun movies. So going back to sure. the Rock. This oh, that's the, right.
1: We're we're doing the Rock. That's we're talking right. about the Rock.
0: Yeah. Right. And so with this one, he this is a, a lot of people didn't think that he was gonna he could be an action star. And this was the first movie that kicked off the trilogy of '90s classic movies that he was in. He was in this. Yes. Then he was in Face Off. Then he was in Con Air. And then he went on from there. And so, right. yeah, I. To be honest, actually though, he annoys me in this movie.
1: Oh, for sure, I did not enjoy him in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean some of it. I mean when you when you see those collage videos of those mashups of all of his, you know, freak out moments. I mean a lot of them are from this movie. He just has so many spastic scenes that are funny but you're just like you said earlier you're like it really it just makes sean connery look that much better oh he Uh, even says but funny thing sean connery allegedly one of the reasons he signed on with this movie is because he found out nick cage was a part of it and that's so he was like cool i want to do it
0: oh yeah absolutely i mean so there's
1: obviously some some you know respect there
0: and nick cage does deserve respect i mean like I don't, he's such a weird actor in the, What I mean, he deserves respect, but he's weird. Yeah. Um, I just, it's, it's hard to, exp- he is an enigma because he's, he's like terrible in some movies, but maybe he's secretly brilliant, but then he's right. like, obviously brilliant in other movies. So I was, yeah. Anyways, there's another podcast out there. I wanted to do a, a separate podcast strictly about Nicolas Cage movies. And I found <laughs> out they already did it and it's called yep. Uncaged and it's like a hundred episodes cause he's in over a hundred movies. And they do 100 episodes in 100 days. And anyways, it's hilarious. That's awesome. So, back to The Rock.
1: Yes, The Rock.
0: Uh, Let's see here. Um, Oh, yeah. Surprisingly, most of Nicolas Cage's dialogue was ad-libbed. Wow. Who would have thought? (laughs) So, that's why you were telling me right before we started the podcast, like, the whole Zeus's butthole line comes out of nowhere. And it's like what like right it doesn't make any sense it's not even like it's not even like anchorman where he's like by the beard of zeus because that makes sense because it's an anchorman but like right this movie's like semi-serious and it's trying to be patriotic and feel good at different times and then you've got his <laughs> nicholas right. cage who's like i don't know about you but i just really want to find
1: some rockets right <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's just it's so he's just like oh my gosh anyways well it's funny too because he's not He's not just just the comic relief guy. Like he's got some kind of legit mm-hmm. uh you know, tropey action scenes that he oh, does yeah. that that really truly make him you know, that action star that we really see him in Con Air and and Face Off. Yeah. And so you cuz I, I there's definitely other you know, action movies where you have that comic relief side character, but that's that's really not him, but he's got some just ridiculous lines in this movie
0: right and that whole okay this i think this is the last thing i'll say about zeus's butthole but um (laughs) but anyways michael bay of all people who has stupid masturbation jokes in his transformers movies that are just (laughs) cringeworthy, wanted hit to cut that line out of the movie and Nicolas cage was like no you leave the line in the movie right and i'm just like okay if michael bay wanted to cut that right um anyways the nicholas cage was like it's gonna be magic man it's gonna be magic and hey it's a very quotable line Uh, what can
1: i say it is it totally stands out in that movie yeah so but like he i think the other thing too i mean this is michael bay's second movie right and he's working with some really seasoned actors so he i was surprised how much input Sean Connery brought to the table yes uh with his own screenwriters to you know come help write you know rewrite the dialogue for his parts yes Uh, so he had a lot to say and then obviously all the funny stuff in the movie was Nick Cage you know ad-libbing yeah and you know and demanding that it stay in the movie so uh I mean Ed, Ed Harris having a lot to say it's so definitely it was a it was a growth movie for for Michael Bay like I feel like Uh, one thing that grabbed me right off the bat is there's some super like melodramatic scenes. Oh yeah. Uh, Especially like at the beginning when, when uh, Ed Harris is, is talking to his, his wife's tombstone about, I got to get this done. I got to do this. And it's like trying to be emotional and kind of patriotic, but it's just, it's kind of painful to watch. It works for the nineties. Right. But it's, it's Ed Harris. So because then there's other parts in later in the movie where, um it's just, it's classic Ed Harris where he just oh, he delivers yeah. these mundane lines but just so well and you're just like oh he's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because there was less all of his like non-impact scenes are really amazing and stand out to me and maybe that's because Michael Bay wasn't really bugging him about you know what he wanted just you know just just say the line kind of a thing right. or something. Um and then cuz yeah you don't need to I don't think you really need to tell Ed Harris what to do.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. And the thing is, that's funny too, is like apparently Michael Bay, like the average shot in this movie is 2.5 seconds long. And that makes mm-hmm. sense because Michael Bay was a music director, you know, or right. music, music video director. And, um, uh, I, I like filming stuff kind of the same way. I like it fast, snappy, you know, keep it quick, keep it quick. Right. but um ed harris was annoyed because michael michael uh, bay would normally do really close-up shots for his shots and he was like i'm acting with my entire body language and right. he's only focusing on my face right. and i was just like that's funny but yeah ed harris though i think he really does cement the film though because yeah he does have the melodramatic s- scenes but he he actually does do it pretty well Well, you feel sorry for him at the end of the right. movie you're just like no i i get it like this guy is in a position where he doesn't want to be here he thinks he has to do this And right. and the fact that he doesn't actually shoot he shoots the rocket and like he, then he decides to you know have it not right. hit san francisco but because he's like i can't do it like that's innocent lives and that right. goes against I, I like that i think that's pretty good yeah now, i, I was, will say the guy who is criminally underused in this movie is Michael bean. I am a, oh, I know. love Michael bean and I just, anytime he's in the movies, I they're I love Michael bean. Like he's just yeah. such a fun actor to watch.
1: Yeah. Well, I saw uh, when I was reading some, some stuff about the movie cause he's played a Navy seal. Well in that, that movie Navy seals that came out in well, the early nineties or late eighties. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen it a long time ago. It's pretty bad, but yeah, he plays, he plays a Navy seal. He plays uh like a, space marine in uh aliens yeah um and then you know plays a paramilitary guy in terminator so he's definitely got this he had this career of being you know the military dude and the squad leader and the you know the whole thing but apparently they actually had navy seals or ex-navy seals in the squad that he was leading in the movie right just just for the authenticity and he was totally like freezing up and you know locking up because he was you know it's like these are real dudes i'm just an actor these guys these guys really know what they're doing and it was kind of freaking him out i think it's kind of
0: cool though because that shows the respect that he actually has for the the people that are in the service and i i think that's pretty legit though because i mean obviously they enjoyed being in it because that's that's freaking cool and i like that but um right. yeah that's a fun little tidbit and to be honest that, that whole scene that exchange between him and ed harris in the shower
1: yes <laughs> the shower oh, that sounds room. terrible
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
1: movie were we watching <laughs> what were you
0: watching I was watching the unrated version <laughs> what about you oh uh, okay <laughs> anyways <laughs> that <laughs> were they um anyways And he's like, "Stand down, soldier." And Michael Bean's like, "I will not give that order." Like that scene actually got to me, and it did. Yeah, I, I thought they sold it really well, where they were just like both of them were a man of, you know, of honor to a certain point, and they had respect for each other, and they didn't want it to happen, and then it just, yeah, they had to.
1: It's yeah, it's awful. It's you know, brothers killing brothers. It's it's so awful to watch and painful, and it to me. That's a good precursor to watching Thirteen Hours, and you yeah. see the res- the respect that he has, um, or at least that he's able to capture in on film of of the military and that brotherhood of of a you know soldiers you know fighting and serving together, mm-hmm. and because that, Thirteen Hours is just a total emotional ride of oh yeah you know oh my gosh these guys you know what they're doing in that situation and. Here, you see that just... is so painful. It's probably... That's where he nails the emotion. Yeah, like, I out agree. of all the other melodramatic kind of cheesy parts where he tries to be really, you know, dramatic, um, that scene nailed it, and it's very powerful. I think I'll always remember that scene, you know, from the movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. And there are some cool scenes in this movie. I remember... Oh, yeah. There we go again. Totally forgot.
1: Hey, when was the first time you saw this movie, Josh? That is a great question. I have no idea, because I remember watching con air when that mm-hmm. came out the following year that was one of the first i think con
0: air was two years behind i think it was 98
1: could have been yeah me- it was 97 or nine ah, i think it was 97 because i i rented it with oh, uh, you're right. 97 i'm sorry with tim and i think we were still in high school then yeah and that was like our first one of the first like rated r movies that we watched oh that's cool yeah, and that that movie blew me away for for years, probably for a solid ten years, I thought that was the coolest action movie I'd ever seen.
0: Well, that that's how I felt about this movie when I saw this movie. I thought this was the coolest movie I'd ever seen.
1: Yeah. And so I'm pretty sure I watched the rock uh, probably within a year of watching that because I saw, all of a sudden I was obsessed with Nick Cage because I thought he was, you know the coolest action star. and he does um, have
0: that sexy southern voice inside Con Air with that long, dreamy hair. Yeah. right. Got the wife put beater shirt the on. The bunny,
1: put the bunny down. <laughs> I, I don't
0: remember. I remember him at like, all except for that's my favorite meme of him winking. I send that to freaking everybody. Anyways, uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah. Back to so
1: the good. Rock. Yes, the Rock. We're covering the Rock. Um, right. Something that jumped out to me: the the soundtrack by Hans Zimmer, who. Oh. i don't know i feel like one of his and, biggest things and
0: nick lenny smith don't forget about oh lenny sorry smith.
1: sorry lenny um but <laughs> obviously the the um the guy that did the soundtrack for pirates of the caribbean and in no, this technically, movie
0: okay i got it. sorry technically God. Hans zimmer did the, the soundtrack for the second and third one it was a that was a different um composer who did the first one that actually did all the freaking awesome music are you sure yeah let me look that up real quick Look i was at surprised because hans zimmer actually okay let me let me just pull that up real quick
1: because i thought he was at least involved with it i swear he's in the Or you know what i might just be thinking of purely the uh the director what's his face no it's it's claus badelt
0: who did the for the music for the first movie and then all of the themes that he did which we fell in love with is yeah he does a lot of collaborations with hans zimmer but right. um Anyways, I, I'm not aware if, uh, of uh, Hans Zimmer actually being involved with the first movie, but he did do the rest of the movies.
1: Right. Well, okay, so this, I might be able to save what I'm about to say here. And not Sorry, sound yeah, like I sound like a yeah, complete, what, complete
0: yeah, what, idiot. What were you going to say, Josh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, there's a lot of elements in this movie that totally sound like pirates of the caribbean just with a dun 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 dun, dun like right. horn horn lines and whatnot uh it sounds very very much like pirates so if that what's his face the other guy that's collaborated with with zimmer in the past i could see where maybe they're very similar in their tastes yes and maybe that's why it, it does sound alike because they have you know similar tastes on the movies they've worked with together so
0: yeah, I could see. So actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot I was gonna. I wanted to talk about that. I actually think if there was no music in this movie, that this movie would drag. Um, but the music it has so much energy and excitement in it. Like every yeah. scene is just like fast paced because of the music, and then the fast cuts work. Which is funny because they did a test audience thing, um, a test audience run, and that was without the car chase at the beginning. And then they thought that the first like half of the movie was slow. So they actually went yeah. back and shot the car chase scene, which I think the car chase scene is one of my favorite parts in the movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's cool. Fun. I, I just also I like that they actually shot this movie in San Francisco and they shot almost yes. the entire film on Alcatraz. That's, yeah that's legit because that's super cool
1: that that just never happens a lot for a lot of movies where it'll be about something very like a very specific location and you'll be like oh yeah 90 percent of it was shot in the back lot in la and you're like okay right that's kind of disappointing
0: right (laughs) But no, Michael Bay was like fighting the producers to shoot on Alcatraz, which is funny because Sean Connery didn't want to go back and forth with a ferry every day, so right. he he was he asked for a cabin to be built on Alcatraz that he could stay in while well, for the shooting, and they right. built it for him, no questions. Right, I was like, that's legit because it's
1: Sean Connery, man.
0: Oh yeah, Sean Connery, the cat love people on slices. So. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um yeah so oh the thing that's other cool there's a there is definitely a lot of michael bay trope uh well i say classic shops not 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 tropes but like nicholas cage gets up slowly and the camera revolves around him at a low angle which is the classic bad boys scene of oh the, the yeah plane flying over yeah. top and he's like yep. this just got real you know but <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's classic the explosions are are getting there like they were they're kind of pulled back in this movie
1: they are i was actually surprised that there weren't as much explosions going on right as his other stuff
0: but yeah there's a the the camera work though is definitely if i didn't know this was a michael bay movie and i watched it i would have been like hey this reminds me of michael bay just it's just which is a good thing like everybody has their signature you know things that they do but i thought that was pretty legit oh and also too so okay i thought this was weird and i didn't figure it out until i actually read this later nicholas cage like barely swears in this movie until yeah. the part when he picks up the gun when sean is about to get killed and he's like you mother effer and then like shoots the guy and then he says uh he's, he says like one other swear word later in the movie when he kills
1: somebody well, else it's when he shoves the 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 oh yeah the gas the ball bomb, the gas whatever. ball whatever the stress the, ball the, of,
0: of doom yeah
1: <laughs> right and the dude's mouth
0: <laughs> right which i actually thought that actually was very memorable the actual way that the the bombs looked in this like yeah. i thought that was really cool that was that was really smart right but um yeah and so he that was Nicolas cage's idea though to for him to like not swear and kind of it adds to him being a weird kooky character right. he's like because gee whiz we we gotta save the day and, Right. But at the same time, it's more cringeworthy. Like I didn't get that. I just thought he was being weird. But it's yeah. But also, I know people that that are kind of like that, where it's just kind of right odd. And with him being a, a scientist, not a special ops guy, it actually does kind of help his character,
1: right? Because he's a nerd. Yeah, he's a total nerd, and that's I think it definitely worked for this character. And I think that's you know it's a it's a, a tribute to his ability to you know do characters the way he does them and. Which no one does it like Nick Cage. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And the one scene also when uh, Michael, not Michael, Sean Connery throws that guy over the over the wall with the at the hotel. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh,
1: the hotel. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah when he throws hotel. him over the the railing. He him yeah. Over
0: there. Yeah. That, they actually shot that on location, and the police got numerous calls of a guy <laughs> hanging off the side of the wall. <laughs> right. and I was like, I don't know. I think that Michael Bay, though, he was pretty ballsy. Like when he was younger. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think that Hollywood embraced him because his movies were making money. Like I, I think the first dud that he did was the Island. Every other movie that he's done, excluding maybe like the last transformer movie has been a pretty big hit. So right. Like Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, they were making some money off of him. And so, oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I like how you said he was, he was the Zack Snyder of the nineties, which yeah. I think is very true. Cause when, when Zack Snyder came out and he did, you know, day of the dead and then Dawn of, of the sorry, Dawn of the dead. And then, um, 300, 300. I mean, 300 was, you know, like, Oh my gosh. And then, right. You know, then we were aware of after that, but, um, that's definitely kind of like with, the uh, um, with Bay as well, as far as, you know, how he was definitely kind of the it guy that it yeah. director in the nineties. I mean, this movie is, you know, like you said, the trifecta of, of those Nicholas Cage action movies are kind of the, Uh, the quintessential the the, the quintessential 90s action movie i mean that's that's it i mean if you were to describe what 90s action movies looked like i mean you could you could hand somebody those three movies and then be all right every other movie in the 90s you know action wise is going to be like this
0: right and it was growing in the 80s but i feel like in the 90s it was really ham-fisted type of macho macho guys Right, right with william forsyth i will definitely say he is really good at just chewing up these lines where he's like we've never seen things like this before you wouldn't believe this Blah 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 like right he, d- he does such a good job making fun of himself or the characters that he's done in blue streak with martin lawrence where he's like this guy's definitely cia i've seen stuff like this before <laughs> like right. he's just so funny in that movie but um, anyways but and he does but he plays the actual character in this one He's just so right. good. David Morris um, is good in everything. He's always solid. I like him in like everything I've seen him in, I think.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, for sure, we could spend a lot more time going over everyone who's in this movie. Even Jim Caviezel, who I think was pretty unknown at this point. He's one of the fighter pilots, um, really? at the end yeah wow, i
0: didn't even realize that that was
1: him wow. and i only know he was in it well i mean i so i was looking at the cast before i watched the movie or while i was watching i was just kind of scrolling through imdb while i was watching it and right. then i saw right at the end of the list was jim caviezel as you know one of the fighter pilots i'm like what the heck so i oh, was looking for legit. him and he's definitely got some some full shots where you're like oh that's him hey, dude i'm gonna have to go back
0: and see that i didn't know that yeah he was in it. that's pretty pretty legit that's awesome
1: but yeah this movie is super stacked john c mcginley um i know we not really get to say anything about him but he's one of the greatest character actors he's one of my absolute favorites he just he completely embraces every role he does just yeah. to the max i and, mean yeah uh, i remember
0: he plays almost the so same cool char- he almost plays the same character inside seven where he's like the military guy in that right and yeah he just which is funny because then you see him in comedy and he kills it as kills
1: (laughs) kills i can't (laughs) i can't do the way he does it
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's so expressive though (laughs) oh my gosh
1: yeah he one of my absolute favorite not, not just favorite actors but especially when it comes to comedy his 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 comedic stuff is is amazing yes absolutely
0: man absolutely um i will say I love me some Tony, Tony Todd. Anytime he's in a movie, he's just Mm -hmm. uh, such an awesome actor. The candy man himself. He didn't have too much to do in this movie, but I'm glad he was in it. I'm just, I'm happy to see him in any role.
1: Right. And that's what, it's crazy. It almost seems like a movie where there's one of those ones that was stacked on purpose where you just, it's all these famous people that were just there. And I I guess a lot of them were famous, um, even at that time, but I don't don't know. know. Yeah
0: like uh I don't know if David Morris and I mean Michael Bean definitely had made it by then but sure. I feel like he, that was probably right when he was starting to fade more into the limelight cuz then he kind of didn't do as many movies in like the 2000s and stuff unfortunately. Right. Um but anyways, yeah. So we should probably sum this movie up though. Sounds good. Yeah, do you got anything else before we go into our final verdicts?
1: Nah, uh, just my, the last thing I put on my notes as I was finishing the movie is just that everything that we've talked about this movie it's very 90s blah yeah. blah blah and dude sean connery absolutely makes this movie it's, yes he le- in my opinion he legitimizes it he any staining power to this movie anything that makes it relevant today as just a decent movie to watch right. take out the cheesy one-liners take out the you know michael bay early on you know figuring things out and whatnot the way that he acts in this movie is so solid so just a level of perfection and just he's amazing he's he was absolutely you know worthy of every award and accolade he ever got um yeah i was i was i was upset when i found out he passed and i knew he was old but it was it was a bummer he was was a very good actor like you said even the bad movies he was in he was amazing yeah so um uh, yeah yeah, he's absolutely the best part uh, of the, of that movie, in my opinion, and, and why it still holds up today.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Because, like, even for example, like Prince of Thieves, he shows up for like five minutes at the end of the movie as King Richard. Spoiler. And mm-hmm. he, and you're just like, yeah, of course that's King Richard. He does, to me, he always portrayed a type of royalty in like a different oh, level. Yeah. And so, yeah. with him being King Arthur and different things like that, totally makes sense. Even when he's. Wearing a speedo and, um, and suspenders and sardos, uh, right? They, you know, I just watched that. that movie.
1: That and was that's, that's a, cr- a bonkers weird movie, but that is a bonkers movie. He's still weird
0: amazing. <laughs> he's still amazing. Yeah, I saw the picture of him from that, and I was like, I have to watch that movie. I don't know what right. it's about, and I actually like. Okay, I like the the director. I gotta applaud him though for what he does. That movie actually, in a weird way, is is that pretty, wasn't Terry Gilliam? Wasn't it? no, no, it was John. Um, Dude, the guy did excalibur and um deliverance i can't remember john buchanan i forgot his name anyways that's cool he did a lot of it
1: has a terry gilliam feel
0: right then it was parodied parodied actually in rick and morty in like season one
1: that's right they totally do it
0: with like the sex robots and stuff like that yeah it's so funny anyways yeah so let's go into final verdict all Uh, right by the way (laughs) i just remember uh this movie, when I first saw it, actually, I didn't get to say, when I saw this movie, Josh.
1: Oh, here we are. Um, Better late than never. Right. 50 minutes into much the movie. how we always do it. But anyways. <laughs> right.
0: It's like, afterthoughts, the show's over. Oh, yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So anyways, uh, uh, a friend of mine, actually, had gotten... He was moving, and he had a ton of movies that were on VHS that he had recorded off of HBO. And he was moving, and he was getting rid of all of them. He was going to throw them away. So I took them. There was like 30 movies. And it was so like... I- he had, like, Aliens, he had The Rock, he had Clear and Present Danger, all these different movies that I had never seen that are, like, I'd heard of almost all of them. Right. And, like, he had Predator, and I was, like, I heard that Predator was super scary. I hadn't really seen a lot of movies then. And so The Rock was one of them. So I was, like, slowly watching these movies um, on my own, hiding them from my parents <laughs> until, <laughs> yep. until, until Dad found out I had this secret stash of, like, PG-13 and R-rated movies and he just took them all and put them in his, the bottom drawer of his dresser. And he said that he'd give them back to me when I was 18. And Are so, you serious? Yeah. So like over <laughs> i never the heard cor- that story. Dude, over the course of like <laughs> six months, I was slowly stealing the, the VHS tapes. <laughs> I was oh <laughs> slowly my stealing gosh. them back. And he actually, after I turned 18, he's like, I noticed there's a lot less to VHS tapes. <laughs> <laughs> i like and I, I mean he was he was a good sport about it but i was just like i mean i think when oh I, my gosh when i got those movies <laughs> i think i was like 16 or 17 or something right like that. but yeah anyways so yeah i saw oh, that that's movie. awesome i saw that movie and i was just like this is the coolest movie i ever saw and so yeah i saw like 30 that was i think the beginning of beginning of when i started watching a bunch of movies makes sense anyways okay so let's jump into it so do you think that it hit uh that it hit the target on absolutely
1: for sure i give it i give it an a A relevance and impact when it came out
0: uh you think it still holds up today
1: uh as a classic 90s movie sure Mm -hmm. um i don't know i've been i was kind of floating back and forth between a c and a b as far as Uh, you know holding up today but at the same time being you know what it's known for in the 90s so Mm -hmm. i think it's somewhere between a c and a b
0: yeah it's i agree i was actually trying to figure out i was more between um a c and a d because yeah i get it, it it when you think okay it's like for example the difference between this and con air is when you think of con air you're like oh that's an action movie from the 90s right i don't immediately think of the rock when I think of '90s action movies, and it is a classic '90s action movie, so but I'll give it a C, um, and it's still being relevant today. Cause I sure. actually now no, I gotta be gotta be true to myself. I don't All think right. it's really relevant right, anymore right now, so I think it's I uh, give it a D.
1: Cool. Well, I'll give it a C then, cause it I. Yeah. Again, I'm kind of right in the middle on that one. As far as I think, again, I think because of, of Sean Connery's performance, it's it's that he's so watchable. Still. Yes. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I w- and I think that's that's what Tim, in my opinion, holds the movie up a little higher than it could have been, almost if it was anyone else.
0: Well, uh, why well, Okay, that that actually goes straight into what our next thing is. So, what was your personal enjoyment of this movie? Uh,
1: my enjoyment? Uh, I give it a C. I'd give it a C plus. You know, mm-hmm. it was fun. I. You know probably not in a hurry to go watch it again anytime soon but uh, i enjoyed it i give it a c c plus
0: uh i think like i said sean connery elevates this movie nicholas cage brings it down in my opinion in this movie sure he, he uh he was actually annoying me in this movie and which is it is hit or miss with nicholas cage
1: you know right like for, well you gotta anyways. be if you're in the mood for crazy nicholas cage then it's it's awesome but if oh, you're yeah. not oh man so annoying
0: right so, yeah, I give it a C because Sean Connery elevates any movie he's in. So, yeah, uh, for yeah sure. I definitely give it a C. And is this movie a midnight watch?
1: Um, no. Um, I mean, other than the, I call it the shower massacre, <laughs> just for the, you know, how powerful that is. That sounds so, so, so dirty. I mean, all right. All right. <laughs>
0: yeah it's the um, 90s orange is the new black no it's not okay it's totally different
1: uh but yeah no i i mean other than that scene coming on i don't know yeah I, I don't i don't think i would consider that a midnight watch for me personally i'm sure for some it is i think for
0: me it's actually a midnight watch if you're drunk <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, um, it it nah it's not a midnight watch but I, but it's, it's not a bad movie though. Like it's, no. you know, absolutely. I had
1: a lot of, I had a lot of fun rewatching it. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's all, yeah. it brought me, it just made me really appreciate and think about, you know, nineties action movies, which like you, it's not my favorite nineties action movie, but yeah. um, it definitely brought me back to that time of, you know, especially well for you and for me, that's when we really got into like right real deal, real deal action movies because of, you know, kind of growing up conservative and then we were starting to break out. So
0: right i definitely agree and before because yeah the matrix came out at the end of the 90s and that completely changed the game and so everything before that when you expect like this was i wouldn't say this was super hard hitting as like a serious action movie but it was it was considered like this is a intense action movie for sure right yeah and so yeah all right well i think uh, that about wraps up today's special if you guys want to check out this movie um i had it on vhs no i'm just kidding i don't have that copy anymore <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that would be cool if you did i still I, got
0: that box of movies i still got it anyways uh I, I watched it on amazon prime what about you
1: uh hey uh hulu i watched it on hulu ah there you go
0: okay uh, special thanks to our sound producer jake colvin if you guys like this episode we'd love it if you shared it with your friends or anyone that you think would like it
1: Please uh, subscribe. We'd love a five-star rating if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, just about everywhere else. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. And uh, if you'd like to email us, you can hit us up at Podcast at gmail.com.
0: That about does it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. You guys have a fantastic week. And as always, keep up the watch.